Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman, and I am your host. And if this is your first time tuning in, then this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry, and really walk through their story, how they have gotten from point A to point B, and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to reiterate my main goal, which is to impact over 1 million people. So if you have not done this already, please take the time to subscribe to Next Level Minds on Apple Podcast. Share this episode with a family member, friend, or colleague. And if you're really feeling special, leave a review of Next Level Minds on Apple Podcast and let me know what you think. Now on to today's guest. I am sitting down with Carlos Vasquez. He has an extremely interesting story. He became a gang member at age 14, which led to him being in prison for 17 years, which ultimately he had the opportunity to get out and basically reinvented himself and relearned everything he could, which led to him being a mindset coach, a motivational speaker, an author, and someone who really truly wants to inspire people and give them hope, which is his main purpose and mission in life. So I'm super excited to sit down with Carlos to really chat about his background, to chat about how he reinvented himself, to chat about his mission, and ultimately walk through advice, strategies, and just overall tips that you guys listening can implement in your life to ultimately achieve success. Thank you so much for listening to Next Level Minds. Let's go ahead and dive in. Carlos, uh, thank you so much, man, for hopping on the Next Level Minds podcast. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How's uh, sunny California treating you today? It's beautiful. Weather's beautiful. Um, you know, the vibe is feels good. Um, there's always something in the news that could bring you down, but I don't really watch the news. Uh, I try to stay as positive as possible. Um, so actively avoiding negativity is one of the things I do because it's going to find you regardless. So might as well not go looking for it. Yeah, I was going to say, man, flip it on the news. It's like all it takes five minutes and and it's something negative uh, going on. And I'm on, yeah. uh, I think I'm on day two right now of, of no social media. So that's kind of been in a, a bit different too, because it's kind of same thing with Instagram, Facebook, all that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's discipline too. That's good. You know, I do this. I don't really touch social media until after I do my morning routine. Yep. Um, and then after that, I'm on it because I have to, be, yeah. you know, business and stuff. But um, yeah, that's good that you have that discipline. Yeah, man. And that, I mean, we're recording in July. The next podcast is coming out um, early August. So like, I'm just going to take a couple day break until um, the next podcast is released and then I'll get back on it. But uh, I always just catch myself like doing business stuff and then I'll just like randomly start scrolling out of nowhere. And it's like, man, where did that half hour just go type of thing? Right. I know, man, it could happen. It's, it's, it's like, they know exactly what to feed you to get your attention and you got to be careful with that. (laughs) 
Yeah, because I'll be like, all right, I'm going to hop yeah. off. And then I'll be like, I'm going to scroll down one more time, see what I see. And then it's like a funny Instagram reel. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I bet you there's another one after that type of thing. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, yeah. But, but yeah, man, I, I would, uh, first off, thank you for being on the show. Um, I know you and I spoke on Instagram. So thanks for the time we're about to spend together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm uh, always, you know, willing to spread my message, my story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my whole mission in life is to inspire and, and help people and give them hope. So whether I do that through my business or through my, my words or through my book, um, I'm always willing to do that. Yeah. Can you, um, I like that, man. We have similar missions. You know, I, uh, my goal is really to inspire, um, all the listeners out there to reach the next level in their business, personal or career life. So, um, I think yeah. you and I are going to have a great conversation today because we have some similar missions in mind, but, um, yeah. I, I would love for you to talk about your upbringing a little bit. I'm sure that's kind of shaped your vision and mission to want to inspire others. Um, so I'd love if you could maybe start around like 12, 13 years old, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, like kind of like you, we talked earlier, I grew up in a, um, a pretty good neighborhood when I was mm. all the way up until 12 years old, uh, I grew up in the suburbs, you know, I played baseball, went to Catholic school, everything was perfect. I never worried for anything. Um, but at 13 years old, my dad left, um, out of nowhere, he just left and, um, he left the family and my mom went into a depression and she was forced to take on multiple jobs to provide for us. Uh, my sister, her too, she went, she got pregnant when she was 16. And then uh, my mother had to take on that responsibility as well of the child and everything just spiraled downhill, um, about 13 years old. And, a part of that was me, you know, feeling that I no longer had a, a connection with my mother anymore, no longer had a connection with my sister. The environment got real toxic. There was a lot of fighting. So um, I ran away when I was 13 years old and I ran away down into the streets. Um, there were not good streets. You know, it was gang infested neighborhood. Um, and I went down there and I lived uh, in a car. I slept in the my friend's um, dad's car in the back of their apartment complex. Um, and like, you know, cause I couldn't stay in the house, but I lived in there and quickly became addicted to drugs and alcohol, became a gang member by the time I was 14 and just started getting involved in all the gang activity, committing crimes, selling drugs, using um, and in and out of juvenile hall, getting into trouble and, and homeless and living in that life. Um, all the way up until about 16 years old, um, when my best friend, Chris, who was older than me, he was kind of like a big brother to me and kind of taught me the streets. He uh, committed suicide in front of me when, you know, he was, um, I was 16 and he was about 19. He committed suicide in front of me when we were at a drug house. And that's when everything just became uh, more violent for me. Uh, I started to do, you know, before that I was doing crime, but at that point, you know, the guilt, the shame, the feelings of um, regret, all that started to eat, eat away at me. And, and in turn, I didn't know how to handle it. So I became violent and I felt that was my only way to channel the anger and the emotions that I was feeling. And so I started doing violent crimes. Um, and one of those was armed robbery and which I ended up getting arrested for when I was 18 years old. And I was um, taken into jail and I was sent to prison for 20 years. So I got convicted for 20 years, two strikes, and sent to prison by the time I was 19. 
And uh, so that's the, from within that, it's crazy when I think about it, 13 to, by 13 and to, all the way to 19, I had went through all that and I was on my way to prison um, within that short period of time. So I think about now, like, like six years from now, like where we're going to be, like, you never know like mm. how far you can get in life, good or bad within a short period of time. And I've seen that back then in, in the bad way, but I've also seen it in a good way and what I've able to accomplish within just being out two years. So Man, trip. did uh, to your uh, recent point there, I totally agree. I think people really underestimate like what they can accomplish between year like one and five if they really just put their head down, right? Man, seriously, that's so important. And a lot of young people, and I know younger people listen to your podcast, um, they feel like they're 20 something years old and they're just like, they're just panicking because they feel like they want to get so much done and all mm. these other people that they compare themselves to. But I'm telling you, like, if you have a focus and you do all the work beforehand on yourself, you know, and when it's time to actually put in work on a business or a, or a venture that you're really passionate about, you're going to see progress quick. Right. It's just you really working on yourself first. I think that's more important than anything. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't you can't pour from an empty empty cup, right? Like if you don't right. have any energy or resources or anything, it's like invest back into yourself first with the right habits, routines, and behaviors, um, and then you can invest back more into like your career, your business, all that stuff as well. So I'm yeah. uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, but um, I want to back up to to those two situations. So uh, age 13, um, you know, your dad left, your mom spouted into depression, which led to you running away from home, and then the second one at 16 when um, your, you know, mentor slash really good friend, um, yeah. Chris, uh, committed yeah. suicide. And both of those are very traumatic situations, of course. Um, and I know at that time, you don't know near as much as you know now, right. About life, about habits, about routines, about overcoming adversity. If you could go back to your 13 and 16 year old self and say, Hey, here's some advice on how to deal with those situations. Okay. Based on what you know now, what what would you say? Because there may be some listeners out there that that may be going through something, maybe not as serious, but they still may yeah. be going through some sort of tough situation like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the most important thing is to get help, seek mm. help. And uh, for me at that age, you know, with my pride and all these things going on within me, it was hard for me to seek help. It was hard for me to tell people, you know, what I was going through, which included, you know, the nightmares. And other, you know, not being able to sleep, Nico, because in my society, which I grew up in, that was kind of like a weakness. If you go and you, mm. you know, you talk to somebody about your problems or the things that you've seen, it's perceived as a weakness. And I didn't want to be weak because I had created this fake image that was supposed to be strong and tough and all that. And so I would convince my younger self to get help because uh, without help, you know, I just didn't know enough at that time to do anything but seek help. You know, a lot of, you got to remember, like, there's a lot of young people that really just don't know where to start, don't know what to do, aren't educated on what's happening within them, mm. why they're going through these feelings, why they're feeling suicidal, um, why they're feeling, you know, depressed. They don't know. They don't even know the answer to it. So there's, you got to seek help. And I think that help can go, can reach, can reach anybody if it's delivered by the right person. So me back then and even now like there's certain people that i wouldn't even ask for help or want help from but there's certain people what they talk to me i listen and i take what they say 
and I respect it and I internalize it and then I make a decision. So it's finding the right people to help these kids and these young people. And I think that's what's so important about coaches and mentors is it like sometimes those are the ones that can help the young people most. It's not this, it's not the counselor. It's not the psychologist because as soon as you take somebody to get therapy, it's like, there's always a stigma against it. And that's like, as a kid, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want therapy. I would be rejected. And if I was forced to go to it, I wouldn't even really listen. But hey, if you connect me with somebody who I identify with, somebody who I respect, and then they start telling me stuff, I'm more likely to listen. So get help from somebody that you can connect with, right? Um, and if you're a parent and you and you have a child going through something, get them help and try different people. You know, don't give up just because the therapy didn't work. Find somebody else. There's somebody out there that they can connect with in a unique way, and that person could change their life. Yeah, man, I love that you mentioned that um, because I think it's like, hey, let, let's find somebody that can help me out. Let's find somebody that I can talk to um, because sometimes like talking to your parent or even like a very close family member like doesn't necessarily cut it, right? But maybe a, a yeah. friend or a mentor or like a coach um, that, that you mentioned, I mean, that that's really cool. And um, I like that you shared both examples there, both for, for the kid and the parent. So, um, so basically just to summarize that, if you could go back, you would just challenge yourself to, to go get help. Yeah, I would, I would challenge myself to go get help. And um, I remember a lot of the kids that grew up in the same environment as me in that neighborhood. The reason why they made it out is because they had a coach. They had a football mm-hmm. coach. They had a baseball coach. And they actually kept them out of that street life. And so it works. It's just finding the right person and then finding um, something that they're good at. And then started, starting helping them to you know, develop that skill or whatever it is that they're good at and passionate about and keep them busy in that, that, that positivity because... As a young person, you can easily get dragged into something negative. You can get dragged into drugs, all that. So it's finding the right people. And I think that's that's key and um, why I do what I do now. Try to be that person for young people now. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So um, so f- 14, 15, right, is when you kind of joined the gang or was it later in life? Yeah, 14. I was a gang member by 14 um, officially, but I had been around gang members since the moment yeah. I ran away, but officially became a part of the gang at 14. Um, and, you know, quickly worked my way up the ranks and eventually, you know, started my own gang um, mm. at a very young age. And um, which, you know, just requires that you become even more violent and you become even more, you know, uh, of a criminal to even reach that type of level. But I think that, you know, pretty much most of my life, I've always had like qualities of a leader and I just used it in a negative way so much of my life and now using it in a positive way. But I think that that's how I ended up becoming a gang um, leader at some point is because I felt that, you know, it was just in me to lead people and I was just doing it the wrong way. And so, yeah, by the time I was about 16 years old, I had uh, started my own gang. Um, yeah. And, and had people and they were under me. Yeah. Dang. So what is that process? Like, like what, uh- recruitment is it like hey like uh come work for me like what is that like yeah you know it it's crazy because um i remember it started off because like it's it's almost like an unwritten law in the streets um but it's the same thing that people out here look up to so for instance people out here they follow leaders who um you know listen to them leaders who they respect them leaders who they help them become better and they believe in them and encourage them so in the streets is no different it's just you're doing it in a negative way. So um, there's people that will follow you because you can help them and show them how they can survive in that world. 
and then they feel protected by you and they entrust you um, with their lives and they entrust you if you tell them that you have something that you want to do they, they want to be a part of it and i think that um you know it's earned through respect too so um it's it's not for everybody because when you get in that position you know there's a lot of negativity that comes with it and you become a target but in my mind back then i wasn't really afraid to die so i was always willing to push myself beyond the limits um and always wanted to always wanted more you know, I always wanted more with my life, even in that negative um, environment. Yeah. No, yeah. I appreciate you mentioned that. So w- was y'all's uh, kind of activity, was it all just like robberies or drug dealing or was it all the above type of thing? Yeah, everything. So everything. When you're in that life, it's like, you know, you sell drugs, yeah. you're doing robberies, um, anything that's criminalized, you, you, you want to be a part of it. Or you're even like looking for ways to run a criminal organization and you're always trying to figure out ways to you know create to do something to to get over on the laws that are created and figure out ways that nobody else has done and i I think that um it's just having a criminal mentality you know you're always thinking of ways to be creative in the criminal world so that you can get over whereas you know just like in business and stuff and in the world that, that i live in now it's like always looking for ways to you know, innovate, always looking for ways to do things different and be unique and beat the competition. It's the same thing in that world, except it's just all, you know, negatively driven. And so that was, that's the shift. Now I still have the same drive and it's still passion and everything that I had back then is just now I'm channeling it through something positive and not in in that negative world. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, I mean, do you, did you see a lot of people and do you think there are a lot of people that are in that life that just like desperately want to get out and they're just kind of trapped? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I know, um, many of those people that are there now and I've known many that have been there and they got out of it. And, um, you know, when you're at a certain age, you just want to fit in, you want to be a part of something. And when you grow up in a certain neighborhood, like the people that you look up to and you want to be a part of are people who are criminals and gang members. So naturally you are drawn to that. Like I was, you know, I wasn't raised all the way up until I was 12 to be a, to, I didn't know anything about crime. I wasn't in, involved in anything illegal, but as soon as I got into that world and I got sucked into it and all the, my role models were criminals and all the people who took me in and gave me advice at the end of the day, they were gang members. I wanted to be like that. So I wanted to become that. And I think that there's people in there that, they just want to be accepted in something, but deep down inside, that's not really what they want. There's just no other option out there until they're able to get out of it and explore. Um, and for me, you know, going to prison, I just got deeper into it. So whereas some are able to get out of it, either they move away or they just outgrow it, they're able to get away from that and the pull of that life. But for me, it was more so I just dug myself deeper in the hole. Yep. Yeah. So wow. you're saying like from an acceptance side of thing of like, oh, this group's accepting me. They're listening to me. I'm a part of something type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You know, the youth, young people want to be accepted somewhere and they and they're going to be accepted somewhere at some point. Um, it just all depends on where, you know, it could be around people who do drugs. It could be around, you know, um, a positive group in their school. It could be sports. It could be people in business. It, everybody's going to be attracted to something and it's just, and everybody's vulnerable at a certain age, like they're vulnerable to get sucked into anything. And so like, I think that it's important as a parent to, 
you know, kind of don't shelter your kids, but educate them on all the different possibilities that they could be pulled into and then outline, like outline the consequences involved with that. Because sometimes people get sucked into something that they really don't know anything about. Like I did, I didn't know anything about that life until I was in it and there was nowhere else for me to go. And so I just got deeper and deeper into it um, until it took me over and it created something that I really wasn't, which was a violent criminal and not only a violent criminal, but a, a violent criminal who was influencing other people to be violent as well, mm. which is even worse. And so, um, but I just became my environment. I would say I became that. And then not only became that, but I like uh, took it to the extreme. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Cause you mentioned you're a natural leader, but you obviously were utilized. And at that time, those characteristics, traits, all that, and, and from a, a negative light, um, kind of taking it to extreme recruiting people under you. And uh, I I like that you mentioned environment. I mean, that's advice I give a lot of people is like, Hey, if you're not happy where you are, you know, financially or career wise or business wise, it's like audit your environment and kind of like who you're hanging around. Cause like, I'm sure you can attest. It's like, you are the average of, of kind of your core group type of thing too, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. That's one of the most important things is surrounding yourself with people who inspire you and Mm. surrounding yourself with people who challenge you and who uh, make you feel like the dumbest person in the room. Like that's the people I want to be around, you know, and it takes a lot to be a person that's willing to go into those rooms because you have to humble yourself. You have to listen. And, you know, a wise man is somebody who feels like they don't know everything. Yeah. That's what a wise man is. And, and as long as you have that mindset and you're always uh, getting into a relationship or you're always talking to somebody or finding yourself in situations where you don't know really anything, you may bring something, but you're trying to put find places where you don't know anything and get in those environments and learn. That's how you're going to grow. And so yeah. Um, that's, yeah, environment is key for success. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. And and speaking of environment, so you mentioned this earlier in the show. Um, so you got sentenced to, you said 20 years in prison? Yeah. Did you serve all 20 or? No, I served 17 years um, out of okay. the 20 years. Yeah. Damn. So what, I mean, what was that like? Right. I mean, and, and then kind of what lessons did you extract from there that, that you've now been able to implement into your life now? Yeah. So, uh, you know, prison was, uh, as I reflect on it, it was for the first decade, the first 10 years that I was in prison, um, you know, it made me worse. So I went to prison and I was already a gang member. Um, I was already known on the streets, but when I went to prison now, you're going into a world where, you know, who you were on the streets really doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Um, you have to really be an, a strong person as an individual to survive in prison um, because you don't have now the gang there, you know, to have your back. It's sometimes it's just you. And I think for me, it was a true test of um, who I was as a man, if I was going to make it or not. Um, so I went in and I became even more violent because I felt that that's what I needed to do in order to prove myself. And I felt like I was never going to get out of prison. So I felt like being this was my new home, I might as well, you know, make sure that I keep the reputation of a person who is not to be messed with, but also eventually become a shot caller, which is, you know, the highest level of power in prison, um, which I ultimately became later on along my prison journey. Um so for my first 10 years in, it, it, I was even worse than I was. Um, you know, I ran a criminal organization in prison. Um, 
and did all everything you could possibly think of in prison. I was involved in it and I ended up in solitary confinement multiple times in and out um, until I was finally landed. I finally landed in there for three years. Um, I spent three years in there and that and within that three years is where the change in my life occurred, is where my transformation occurred and where I, the beginning of the man that you see today, you know, came from that solitary confinement visit. Um, and it was just because like in solitary confinement, it's the true, um, it's not, it's not a physical challenge more. So it's, it's the mental. And mm -hmm. I think that for me, it took for me to hit the lowest point of my life where I was ready to end my life, um, to now initiate the transformation. So I always look at it like sometimes when you're at your lowest is when something good is going to emerge from that. Um, and sometimes in order to get to heaven, you know, the roots have to reach to hell. And I think that I was in hell and that's when, you know, I knew that either I had to make a change or, you know, just end my life. Those are my two options at that point. And, mm. you know, I decided to uh, start the change. Man. Mm. So three years solitary confinement, that that's like just you all day type of thing, right? Yeah. Just you. Um, with your thoughts, you know, and, and everything, regrets, um, no hope for the future because you're in there and you may never get out of there either, you know, because people in solitary confinement for 20, 30 years never was able to get out um, because once you're there, they don't have to let you out. They can keep you back there if they really want to. Um, so that's how I felt. I felt that I wasn't going to get out at that point because of who I had become. They would never let me out of there. And so that's when I was feeling like, what's the point of living? You know, everything I've been doing up to that point was just hurting other people. Um, and so I had no point in being here on this earth. And then all the other stuff, like me witnessing all the trauma growing up and, you know, Chris's death and everything just hit me. And I just felt like, you know, I was ready to end my life. And um, it's crazy because, like, that's, you know, I, it, when people say that they're suicidal these days and I hear about people being suicidal, I understand what that feeling is. Um, and a lot of people say, like, I would never do that. You know, that's selfish. That's weak. But I think that, you know, unless you truly experience what that feels like, you don't know. It's like it's like if you want to breathe, right, if you just want to breathe, let's say you're 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 being suffocated. You just want to breathe more than anything. Right. Mm you know, when you're suicidal, like really suicidal, like that's all you want to do is just end it. Mm. And it's that much of an overpowering feeling. And so for me, I know that um, when I hear about that now, you know, I look at it different. You know, I don't look at it as a person who's weak. I look at it as a person who's just trying to get that breath of air. And that's the only way to get it is to end it. Um, but the good thing is that there's ways to get out of that mindset, which is, you know, a lot of the work that I do now. Yeah, man, I appreciate you elaborating on that and that detail. Um, man, 17 years, that's a, that's a lot of time, but um, thankful for where you're at now, being able to inspire others and lead others. And, um, you know, I want to ask too, like uh, you, you've talked, I've heard you on other podcasts talk about like challenges and stuff being, being a gift. Um, yeah. Can you, can you elaborate on that mentality? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, challenges, you know, make us who we are, right? Mm. Either it's going to, it's going to make you a person who takes the challenge and, and ultimately lets it, you know, put you in a lower state or you're going to grow from it. You're going to learn from it. You're going to take that challenge as an opportunity to gain something from that. And so, um, you know, 
for me, challenges was forced upon me at a young age. It was just given to me, um, you know, when I went to prison and when I went to solitary and all the other things in between there, challenges just came to me. And at the time, you know, it was feelings of like, like why me? Or like, you know, I didn't take the challenge as an opportunity to learn. I took the challenge and I became a victim. And I, I think that once I made the, the mind shift and I started to look at the challenges is like opportunities for me to become stronger, smarter, you know, um, just a better person all around. It's like now, not only do I get less challenges in life, but the challenges I do get, actually, I I enjoy them because it's like I know that it's going to make me a stronger, better person. Mm-hmm. So um, and it's hard to do that. I guess harder to do that, but it, it can be done. And I know that it just starts with first putting yourself in challenging situations willingly, right? Like stepping out of your comfort zone, doing things that you really just have never wanted to do, but but just pushing yourself to do it. And I think through doing that, you know, intentionally, eventually when the challenge comes naturally, which it eventually does, you are looking at it differently now. You become mm-hmm. more accustomed to it. So um yeah, I think challenges is is an important part of our growth. And um people who haven't been challenged aren't really gonna make it in in, in as far as sure. in business. Like you know, as when you're in business, you're gonna go through many challenges. And if you want to be successful, you're going to go through many challenges. And the difference between those that make it and those that don't is the ones that don't quit. Mm. And people people quit when the challenges get too tough. And so um, I think if you just have that mindset that you're willing to take on challenges and never quit, then you're probably like 50% more likely to accomplish your goals and become successful because most people are going to quit. So embrace the challenges. I totally agree, man. And, and challenges yeah. just help you become kind of a better version of yourself. And as you talked about, like they're going to happen regardless. And it's really up to you to put yourself in some challenging situations. So when they do happen naturally, it's Mm -hmm. easier to kind of get by. I mean, and I like to challenge myself like in random small stuff. Like I'm not much of a runner. I'm more of a weightlifter. And, uh, I, you know, ran six miles the other day, which for most people listening, like, Oh, six miles. If you're a runner, like that's nothing. But like, I haven't ran six miles since, uh, since I was like 19 years old. And, uh, you know, six miles, again, if you're a runner, it's nothing. But for me, that was like a lot. And uh, But I did it in under an hour. And I was like, man, like, that was hard. But like, now when I go on like a two or three mile run, I'm like, wait, this is like so much easier than I thought it was like two months ago. And it's because I did yeah. that challenging thing, kind of built some thicker skin. So, um, but I think that can apply to like everything. Um what are some things like you do right now to to throw yourself maybe into some challenging situations? Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because I was like, it was it was like not too long ago. I remember um I got because I, I typically get up early, like 4 35 in the morning. And that alone is like a challenge, for sure. right? For most people. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I get up because I get up because I and when I get up, I know that most people that live that are doing the same thing I'm doing, like striving for the same goals and dreams that I am, most of them aren't up right now. They're asleep. So I put my mind in this, in this way of thinking that, okay, I'm already ahead of them now. You know, I'm up at 4.30. I'm already ahead of most of them. And so that's one part of the challenge. But I remember like um, getting up one morning and it was just so cold and it was raining. And, um, you know, I, I used to go running down at the beach early in the morning um, before I moved up this way. And uh, 
one day I, I got up and everything in me was like telling me just to stay in bed, you know, but I pushed through that. Yeah. I put my shoes on, I opened the door and it was just pouring raining and it was cold. And I was like, everything's just like skip a day, you know, it's okay. You can get, do it tomorrow. But I told myself, I said, um, you know, the average person would, would respond to that and they would skip a day. They wouldn't go do the run that I promised myself that I would do the night before. They're not going to go do that. And so for me, I look for opportunities like that and I have my self-talk and I tell myself that the average person is not going to do what you're about to do. You know, 90% of people won't do it, but that's what I look for is what, what are the 90% aren't going to do? 90% of prison when I was in there, 99% of the prisoners wouldn't have changed their life around, you Mm -hmm. know? So I did, um, 99% of people getting out of prison wouldn't actually go pursue their dreams Mm -hmm. and they would just settle for a regular job because that's what society has conditioned them to think that all you can do is go work in a warehouse because you just did 20 years in prison. No, I, I want to go challenge myself and try to become successful in what I want to do. And so it's just always looking at like, I'm trying to do something that nobody else is doing. And then that's when you're going to find yourself growing because you'll even shock yourself at your capabilities. And then you, you start to develop. That's why I said doing the work beforehand. You know, if you work on yourself and start doing things like that in your life, when it's time to tackle something challenging, you know, like a business or something um, that most people aren't going to be successful in, you're already going to be ahead because of what you put yourself through. So looking for those opportunities is key. Yeah, man. I, I like that you shared yeah. that story. And like, uh, for me, at least when I do a challenging situation and finish it, it's like, damn, I feel so much better about myself now. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah and that's what you're supposed to do. You always try to make your, like be in competition with yourself, you know? Mm. Um, like yesterday I did, if I did a hundred pushups yesterday, I'm gonna try to do 110 today and keep building and each day, try to be better. You know, like I'm gonna do yeah. more emails today than I did yesterday. Like, I don't want right. to be the same person I was yesterday. Every day I want to be better and I don't want to be better than this guy, this guy, and this guy that's on social media and all that. I want to be better than me because I know like what I set my standards to and where I'm going to be. I'm confident in that. So I know in order for me to get there, I need to just improve a little bit each day. And that's what we all have to do if we want to get to where we want to get to. Um, and we all have our own journey. You know, everybody has their own. We don't know what the next man did to get where he's at or what he was given or what situation occurred or what, you know, blessing came to his life. So it's pointless to compare ourselves to others. It's just about comparing yourself to who you were yesterday. Mm, yeah. Compare yourself to yesterday's version and, and try yeah. to get better every day. A uh, hundred pushups at once or is that spread out? No, no, I could, I could do a hundred pushups at once, but I typically spread them out. I get up every morning. I do a hundred pushups. Um, I usually do sets nice. of 25 and, yep. um, and in between my reading. And so that's part of my routine just to get my blood flow going. And then I go to the gym later, but, um, yeah, routine. And that's what prison taught me routine, um, yep. and discipline. And I just brought that out here into the world and, and that's what people do when they want to get things done. You have to be disciplined and you have to stick to a routine. Dude, I uh, I cannot get past 70 it's, as of right now. I've been stuck at 70 in a row. Um, I could do the yeah. 25, you know, four sets of that. But um, yeah. hopefully next time we talk in the, in the next couple of months, I'll be like, hey, man, I got 100. Let's go. Yeah, just do one extra each day. So do 71. Yeah. Tomorrow, do 72. Like, even if it's 71 and a half, you know, next day, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just, you know, it's, and it is mental, too. A lot of it is mental, man. 
you gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta convince yourself that you can do something too yeah i remember when i got to 70 i was like going up and my body was like my arms were doing the shakes and all that and then i like yeah. tried to go down again and just hit the floor i'm like all right that's all i yeah. got right now so but i like yeah. your point there I'm, I'm gonna try for like 71 or even 70 and a half and just try to yeah. add one more a day but um yeah. dude how did you like relearn everything because it's like okay you go in there you're in there for 17 years it's like yeah. you know i like i said i'm taking a social media break i feel like i'm about to be behind in society even for just taking like a week break right yeah. and you were in there for 17 years so like how did you relearn like how to send an email, how to send it, like all this stuff, you know? Yeah. For, I think first it just started off with me developing a growth mindset, yeah. um, learning how to learn and being confident in myself that I can learn. That was the start. Mm. And once I had that, all it was, was just me now finding the information, studying it and putting it into practice and then internalizing it. And, and then it's just driven by my purpose because you know, people aren't going to want to learn anything if it if it doesn't have meaning to it. So like for me, it was always like I always wanted to get out and be able to be a person in, in other people's lives to help them become better, to help them have that transformation like I had, you know, from like just completely change your life around and be a whole completely different person. And me being able to do that now I wanted to help others. So I, I needed to learn how to do all the things that entail that like to become a, a successful uh, coach and to have a successful uh, coaching business, I needed to know what I had, what did I need to know in order to make that happen? So I broke it all down into the steps. I needed to create a website. I needed to create um, email. I needed to start, you know, learning the curriculum, creating one, developing a brand, you know, all these things, even down to developing a logo, a name, all that stuff. I knew I needed to do in order to, to get there. And so I just made lists of it. And I just started to every day work on that. If I didn't know something, I would study it. I would look it up on YouTube, which is where I got the name for my company, How to Battles, because I used to how to everything. And that's literally how I taught myself everything when I first got out. But I also just, I just asked, you know, I met people. I wasn't afraid to introduce myself to them. Most people out there, they want to help you in some way. So I would meet people and just pick their brain, figure out what they were good at. And then I would learn from them. You know, I would spend time with them and I would, and I would talk, call them. I would, they would become my coaches and advisors and mentors. And I did that with everybody and then started meeting more people. And so I just became like a sponge and I looked at the world as my university and everybody in it as a teacher. And if you approach life like that, then you will be able to learn anything. And so that's how I was able to get to where I'm at now. Um, and now being out two years, I mean, there's pretty much nothing that I can't do uh, and, and that I've learned and, you know, even now continuously need to learn, but it's just, it's just the belief in myself that I can learn it. That's the most important thing. Everything else after that, you know, will work out if you believe in yourself that you can learn it. Dude, I love that last point, man. It's like the whole belief you know. system and, and especially like when you got out, you're like, okay, like I'm going to have this growth mindset. I believe I can do it let's have this big goal to achieve X and then let's break it down into more actionable things that I can do. Um, I imagine that's where a lot of people mess up, not only in like relearning stuff out of prison, but just like in general, would you say it's like they have this big goal, but then they don't really have kind of the ladders that it takes to get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think people also fail because they don't recognize what their unique gift is, what they're really naturally good at, what their strengths are. Um, I think that's the most important thing is figuring out 
what's your strong, what's your, what's your strengths? What are you good at already? And what do you feel confident in already? Or what, even if you don't know what are other people saying that you're good at, you know, you could be just as something as being a good communicator. Right? Mm-hmm. That's something like to start with. And then you start to grow on that and you start to develop that. And then, so that's, it's, it's, it's figuring out what that good, that strength is and then working on that. And then tying that into whatever it is that you want to pursue, whatever kind of business you want to start, whatever kind of life you want to have, like honing in on those strengths. Um, and that comes from just knowing who you are, like doing the work on yourself, analyzing your life, recognizing, you know, your aptitudes, recognizing things that you're not too good at. And then the things that you're not too good at, spend time working on it. But sometimes that's where you, as an entrepreneur, you find other people to do that, do those things, Right. So it's like knowing, like to say, humbling yourself and saying, like, look, I'm not really that good at doing uh, accounting. So I'm going to learn as much as I can about it now, but I'm going to try to figure a way to bring somebody in who's better at that. So that now that makes your business better because you brought somebody else that's better than you. And so you have to be able to do that and know that, like, okay, I'm just going to focus on my strengths. Mm. And so, and, and, and that's how you're able to get like huge things accomplished, not trying to, get into things that you're not really into um, because other people want you to do it or you feel like that's what you need to do. You need to do what you really want to do. And if you do that, you know, you'll be successful. And so just focus is important. Yeah, dude. I, I love I love everything you mentioned there. We have very similar mindsets on, on all that, which is why I'm glad we're, we're talking today. Um, I think one thing that I like that you pointed out is like outsourcing what you don't want to do or what you're not good at. I always tell people like know enough to know enough, meaning like, you know, enough about accounting where you can talk to an accountant and understand the lingo. Yeah. But like, you don't need to know all the nitty gritty stuff. Like that's kind of how I run my stuff is like, yeah, I know enough about like repair work to talk to a contractor, Mm -hmm. but I don't know actually how to do the the thing that this contractor is going to do. And that's kind of my mindset behind it. Would you, is yours kind of similar as well or? Yeah, you build you you know a huge part of um, being a successful entrepreneur and a leader is knowing how to allocate different positions to people who are stronger than you, and looking for people who are stronger than you in areas that you're not. Um, you know, becoming partners with them, becoming friends with them. Um, you sh- that's like going back to what you said, surrounding yourself with the people you know um, that inspire you, and surrounding yourself you know, with the people that, mm. that you're around is going to be the sum of who you are, right? So if you're around people who are really good in what they do, and then you're really good at what you do, then you guys are all going to have a good team, you know, a good business, um, you know, a good whatever that you're doing, a team of, even if it's just sports, even if it's business, whatever it is, it's like it, no one person is going to be successful alone. It takes multiple people um, that sometimes we don't even see, they're behind the scenes, but it takes everybody and and with, as a leader, entrepreneur, you got to find, you got to identify those people that fit your specific company or brand and bring them in and then continue to lead, continue to coach them and to help them get better and even, even better than what they, where they started. And so, and then while you're working on yourself too. So it's a lot. And which is why I was saying it's very challenging. Um, and you have to love what you do or, or you're not going to make it because it's just going to be too much. Yeah, you're gonna have so much going yeah. on where you're gonna be like, "Well, I don't really love this business anyway. Like, I'm good yeah. type of thing, right?" Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. can, sorry, keep, keep going. I didn't want to cut you off there. 
No, I was I was done. Yeah. Okay, right on. Um, dude, can you talk about your book, Price? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, the price. I started the concepts of the price while I was in solitary confinement. So um, you know, when I was in solitary confinement and I was working on myself and I was educating myself, um, you know, all the books that I read and everything that I did back there, I, I there was five principles that I incorporated into my life that helped me get through that time. And then once I got out, which was um, became an acronym later, in, which I put in the book, it's it's the price. And it's five principles um, that I use in my life and that I share with others through my speaking and through my coaching. And the five is the first one is the P, which is to figure out what your purpose is, to figure out what your why is, like, why do you get up in the morning? And sometimes it doesn't even need to be anything for you. Your purpose and why could be just somebody else. You know, for me, when I was in solitary, my why was my mom. You know, I didn't care about myself enough at the time for me to have a purpose, but my purpose at the time became me getting home to my mom so that I could take care of her. That got me through each day focused. That got me through each day with a reason to get up. Um, and the second one is creating a routine and just the importance of that, like knowing that the consistency and the discipline of something is going to, is going to equal success. And so, um, creating that routine, you know, will get you into that zone where eventually you create habits and then habits become who you are. So, you know, if you want to become a doctor, you get into a routine of a doctor and then eventually you will become a doctor, you know, the study habits, all that. So creating the routine. And for me in solitary, it was creating a routine every day to work on myself and to get one step closer to getting out of there. Um, the third one was inspiration and find something or someone that inspires you every day that you can just think about, right? And it may be your vision board, right? It may be something that you, you know, are inspired to keep going for because you want that thing. Or maybe it's a person that you you know, I find people that like to this day that that inspiration part is other people. Like I saw a guy the other day in the gym and he was taking a selfie and, um, you know, just he was a guy and he was he wasn't in shape or anything. And he was taking a selfie in the mirror. And, and you know, I was, I was like I was just wondering about it. So I ended up talking to him and come to find out that he was taking the picture that he so that he could send his daughter, um, you know, showing him that he had been in the gym working on himself because he had had a heart. He had had a heart attack you know, before that. And so wow. for me, it was like, that was an inspiration. And I still think about that or that lady in the gym who's in a wheelchair that's working out. That's inspiration for me. So those are the things I think about when I'm like bitching and complaining about my life and yeah. I'm like tired. I don't want to get up and go work out. I think about them. That's my inspiration. So finding that person, that thing, whatever it is, it could be imaginative that inspires you to keep going when you feel like giving up. Um, and then the next one is this is confidence, which is the C. And that's just continuously working to build your confidence. And you do that by stepping out of your comfort zone, always just being in competition with yourself, trying new things. Like we said, challenging yourself, intentionally challenging yourself is how you build confidence. And then last one is just education is the importance of being a lifelong learner and understanding that like it's not just about going to college. It's just about knowing that for the rest of your life, you need to continue to learn if you want to be better, if you want to be better for the people around you, if you want to grow in whatever area you're in. So just always educating. And those five principles I did, solitary confinement helped me out of solitary confinement back to general population, um, helped me get out of, get into general population and start self-help groups and start coaching men in prison with life and helping them get out. And then me eventually getting out 
and I still implement those every day of my life. So I put it in a book and I wrote the book specifically for um, the youth that I was coaching at the time, mm -hmm. which were, which were 12th graders, 11, 12th graders in high school. Um, I wanted it to be something that I know they would read and that they could understand. And so I wrote it for them. And um, since I wrote it, it's been getting into many schools through LA, you know, in the whole classrooms and then other people have been incorporating in their life. So um, definitely a purpose behind it. And, and I'm working on another book right now. So um, I never imagined being an author, you know, but I knew mm -hmm. that once I figured out what my purpose was, you know, which was to inspire people and give them hope and create positive change in the world. Uh, I knew that whatever I needed to do to align my life with that purpose, I was going to do it. So writing was one of them, you know, coaching is one of them. Motivational speaking is one of them. Um, and every day looking for opportunities to do it even outside of my work. So. Yeah. I liked that purpose is the first one because like you just kind of touched on it too, of like, Hey, I never really thought I was going to be an author, but you know, my purpose is to inspire people and give them hope and a vehicle to help with that purpose is writing a book. So I, I yeah. think a challenge to the listeners out there is like, if you don't really know what you want to do, like find that purpose first and then kind of uh, adhere to whatever it takes to get to that purpose, whether it's writing a book, speaking, traveling, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, that's really yeah. cool. So purpose, routine, mm -hmm. inspiration, confidence, education. education. Yeah. Right. That's the okay. price. Yeah. And like everything it. in everything in life comes with the price, even success. And um, for me, overcoming the trauma, which is the reason why that I wasn't able even to achieve success is because the trauma kept me down. You know, trauma, um, everybody goes through it at some point. If you go to the hospital one time, that's a traumatic experience. So everybody's going to go through it. And most of the time, the traumas will keep people from living their best life because mm -hmm. they become a prisoner to the trauma. You know, so they become a victim to the trauma. They start blaming everybody else because of the trauma. But once you're able to overcome that, then the success will come. And mm -hmm. so the price of success is incorporating these five principles, no matter what you've been through, what traumatic experience. And so that's what I wanted to kind of convey in this book. Yeah, yeah. no, I totally agree, man. That's the price of success right there. Um, those yeah. are five great principles that I think everyone should, should be living by. Um, and, you know, I'm confident that if you do those five things, like there's no shot that you will not be successful because that's kind of what it takes, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, dude, so what, uh, where can people connect with you and like, what else do you have going on in your world? I mean, you're doing a lot of cool stuff right now, but I'd love for you to yeah. just highlight some things you're working on. Yeah. So, um, I have how to battle, which is an online coaching business that I created. Um, and we work with young adults. So we work with the youth, um, you know, even, you know, all the way up until and into the twenties as well. Um, and I felt that that was one of the biggest problems when I got out, um, after getting out, seeing that one of, one of the biggest problems is our young people, the youth, you know, and then especially those that are going to school, because there's a lot of things in school that they don't teach them. It's within those young ages that you start making decisions that ultimately can set you on the trajectory of your life, which could be bad or good. Yeah. Um, you're quickly influenced when you're in that age, so many different things. And then the education system is so messed up. It's like, they're not really doing much to solve the issue, you know, with what's going on and it's yeah. a huge problem. So I was like, I wanted to create a coaching program to be able to work with them. 
And so I've done many coaching programs in with the with the youth, everything from um, faith infused coaching programs to Men's Success Alliance, which is a coaching program that I do within high schools, to working with uh, junior high kids, um, speaking at different schools and doing workshops and impacting that young population. So I'm doing that through How to Battle. And the vision for that is to continue to grow that to where I could bring in other coaches and facilitators to actually run online sessions with schools all over um, that's either incorporated during class or after hours after class, because it's like, it's all mindset stuff. So it's all those things we talked about, like figuring out your why, you know, figuring out how to, how to develop confidence, right? How to develop a solid routine, um, how to develop a growth mindset, how to actually, you know, put together a goal and accomplish it. And all these things that they may not learn in school or for, or at home for that matter. So we become that that coaching platform for them to create the mindset that they can go accomplish anything and be the best versions of themselves. So I'm doing that. And then uh, I started a program with my friend, Peter Meyerhoff, who um, he does a men's coaching program for older men, uh, successful men in business, but men who, who don't find success in other areas of their life. And so I do, I've partnered up with him to do that coaching program It's called shot color coaching. Um, and it's through Peter Meyerhoff. Yeah. And so I'm doing that and then speaking, you know, doing speaking, I've spoken, I've been speaking at, um, uh, Los Angeles County office of education at different foster group homes. Mm -hmm. Um, I got a keynote speak coming up through their organization for the homeless, um, speaking at churches and schools and universities, always delivering my message, um, to them whether it's young or older, and then uh, and then just working on my book that's coming out. My book is going to be for men. Um, just things that I identified since I've been out that men struggle with, you know, at being able to give them some principles now that they can take and become better men and better fathers and more purpose-driven. Um, a lot of men, even successful ones, aren't happy. I know many millionaires who have money but they're not happy and they're addicted to alcohol or they just feel like they failed because of their kids or you know um they're not successful or they're not happy in their marriage so i wanted to create something for that specific target um so i've been working on that book um yeah and just continuing to do everything that aligns with my purpose so i'm on social media a lot uh, i'm doing stuff you know on youtube instagram all that because like every day I try to figure out ways for me to fulfill my purpose, which is to mm. inspire, to give people hope, you know, to help people, to coach people, um, to become better versions of themselves. So I'm always focused on that. Yeah, man. I, uh, first yeah. off, well, thank you for all that you do. Um, I think all those programs are needed um, for, for all demographics there. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for the new book. Um, so you just got the one right now, right? The price? Yeah, I got the price. Um, that's already yeah, on Amazon. Um, I'm working on the second book and I got the coaching program. Um, if you're interested, you can find it on my website at uh, howtobattle.com um, or through my social media links. Um, I'm nice. also doing coaching online and um, I do motivational speaking. Cool. Uh, where's the best place yeah. to connect with you from a social media aspect? Yeah, so um, I would say Instagram, probably one of the best ways to get in contact with me. Um, if you go on my bio you'll see links to my website and everything else cool. um, so that's probably the quickest easiest way and it's uh it's how to battle is the name yeah how to battle cool yeah. well uh carlos man thank you so much again for being on the show um i personally learned a lot i know the uh the guest did as well and uh, i want to appreciate the time we had together today 
Oh, thank you for having me. And, um, you know, looking forward to following up later to see where you're at in life, man. I'm uh, definitely, uh, I believe that you're going to be super successful in whatever you do. Oh, man. I really appreciate that, Carlos. Hope you have a great rest of your day, brother. You too. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. I personally got a lot of information out of Carlos today, and I'm going to implement some of his advice into my own life. One of the biggest takeaways I had is that challenges are going to happen, so you might as well become a better version of yourself through those challenges. And one of the other points I got out of this was that it's very important to have a purpose in your life. Thank you all for taking the time to tune into this week's episode. Be sure to connect with Carlos. And other than that, hope everyone has a fantastic week ahead. <laughs>